you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey there, everybody. It is Monday, August 29th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we still have not named our starters. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, along with Michael F. Florio. We got the specialists over there behind the camera. Woo! All right, welcome, everybody. It's a cast of dozens that helped us put on this show. And, uh, Florio, we've made it. We have made it through the preseason. It's over now. This, I don't want to jinx it, knock on wood. This feels like the first ever preseason where, like, a major player hasn't been injured you were right about that i didn't even think about that but yeah we have not had any major uh you know on-field injuries so that that is a good thing definitely as we get ready for the regular season by the way this is officially fantasy week here at nfl media we're going to be hitting you with tons of content on all our platforms you can dominate your draft and bring home a title this year you hear the air horns i was pushing to get sandstorm to open the show here by darude uh but i think there's some sort of copyright issues or something like that so we can't use it but anyway Anyway, uh, since we're talking about Fantasy Draft Week, it seems like a good time to also tell you that you can go and sign up for your free NFL Fantasy League right now. Like I said, it's absolutely free to play. Uh, you can download the NFL Fantasy app or sign up at fantasy.nfl.com. 
Uh, we got plenty to talk about on this show today. We're going to do a first-round mock draft a little bit later on in the program. We've got some running back rankings from Michael F. Florio here, too, that we're going to break down, and uh, we're going to dive into those a little bit. Uh, plus, we will continue our division previews. We're looking at the NFC North today. But, as I mentioned, uh, the preseason is officially over, and we've seen a lot. Uh, we have read a lot. There has been a lot said and written about it. But if we're going to break this down into our takeaways, if there's one guy that – you learned a little bit more about maybe you're bigger on or lower on than you were before the preseason started who might that be I think it would be impossible to talk about preseason winners without talking about Damian Pierce who I, he just ran away with that job he was the highest rated running back this preseason by PFF and the thing about him is like the first game of the year uh, the preseason game he only had five touches but forced missed tackles, had a bunch of yards after contact. Then they sat him in week two, and it was like, all right, he locked up the job. But then they allowed him to play with the starters this past week, and he looked great out there. I know he only had uh, a couple of uh, carries because they quickly pulled him off, but he looked great. He, he has seemingly stolen that starting job away from Marlon Mack, and now I think the only real hurdle in his way is can he become a third down back and steal that role away from Rex Burkhead? And I think he easily can because Rex Burkhead is just a guy and Damian Pierce is, was a very good pass catcher in college. Burkhead really feels like a stopgap there. He's sort of a yeah. you know, an emergency option. He's, look, he's, he's been very good in his career, but he's not a guy you're going to build this offense around. Uh, the only weird thing is that Lovey Smith says he's not ready to name Pierce the starter yet. I think we all know. <laughs> we all sort of know how this is going. This is like a... Like Marlon Mack will get like the first carry of Week One, and so then he'll it's be like, the "All right, starter, yeah. sit down. We're bringing in the kid." <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's how it's pretty much going to go for him there too. Um, I've loved him. I, his ADP has gone way up since the start of the summer. For me, I'm looking at Kenny Pickett, and we came into the off season. Obviously, the the Steelers went out and got Mitch Trubisky in the off season, and we thought immediately, "Okay, well, he's going to be the starter." Then they draft Kenny Pickett, and it's like, "Oh, well, now we've got a real competition." And that competition has been pretty hot and heavy all throughout training camp and the preseason and we've seen Pickett steadily improve as the preseason has gone along he's getting plenty of praise from the Steelers coaches I, I think it's in some ways maybe a little bit like the Damian Pierce situation where I expect Mitch Trubisky probably will be the starter in week one for this team but I don't think we're going to get too long into the season before we see Kenny Pickett take over he's a guy in a couple of spots I have drafted late uh, on deeper in deeper leagues like two QB leagues just because of the potential upside there. Uh, so, you know, with all the rookie quarterbacks coming in, I know there's not necessarily high expectations for this group of rookie quarterbacks, but Pickett looks like he might be sort of the leader in the clubhouse in that group. I, I agree, and I, I if I wasn't talking about Pierce, Pickett is exactly who I, I would have picked. He went 29 of 36. That's an 80.5% completion percentage this preseason. And I, I think my theory now is... They get the Bengals and Patriots the first two weeks of the year. Throw Trubisky out there. We know what Bill Belichick does to rookies. <laughs> Potentially an 0-2 start. I think they bring, because their schedule softens after that, I think you bring in Kenny Pickett then. Yeah, you just ease him in, and uh, you go off and running from there. Uh, all right, let's turn to our division preview. It is the NFC North this week. And as we have been doing the whole time, uh, we will go by order of last year's division finish, which starts us off with the Green Bay Packers. They were 13-4 and four in 2021, uh, lost their first and only playoff game, a surprising loss at home to the San Francisco 49ers. Their passing leader, no surprise, Aaron Rodgers, uh, 4,115 yards, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. He was the QB6. Uh, their rushing leader. Maybe a little bit of a surprise. It was A.J. Dillon. It was not Aaron Jones. Uh, Dillon with 803 yards on the ground, five rushing touchdowns. That made him the RB23. 
in fairness, uh, Jones not that far behind in terms of rushing yards, added the receiving yards to, to give him a really good finish. Receiving leader, not a surprise, Devontae Adams, 123 catches, 1,553 yards, 11 receiving touchdowns. He was the wide receiver, too. Uh, I went back and looked. He was the wide receiver, too. Uh, by like 95 points. <laughs> I mean, it was like a sizable gap between him and Cooper Cup. Sounds about year. right. You know, I mean, like, and that says how great Cup was when you're talking about a guy with 120 catches, 1,500 yards, double-digit touchdowns, and was still nearly 100 points behind <laughs> uh, the guy who was the leader there. Let's let's go back, though, and talk about the running backs because everybody has loved Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon's been getting a lot more hype over the last few weeks, especially uh, we know Jones is, is going to be drafted as an RB1, likely will finish there. But with all the talk of maybe these guys catching more passes, maybe getting more goal line work, could we see both Dylan and Jones finish as RB1s this year? Slim chance, I think. I think if it happens, they'll both be like somewhere in like 10 through 12, somewhere like that. Uh, I, I think they take away too much from each other to both of them, you know, or even one of them finish like top five. I, I feel comfortable saying they'll more, instead of RB ones, like top 15, definitely, definitely top 20. I think, um, I think Jones will, is the one I still prefer. He's the one I'm drafting higher because I think he's going to get a lot of work in the passing game. Like I keep saying, I wouldn't be surprised if he's their leading receiver this season. So, uh, I, I think, but for Dylan, like he he could be the goal line back. So there is a path to each of them finishing as RB ones. But it is so hard for a team to have two that that I'll say no. I I feel more comfortable with them being like fifteen or twenty. I think it's it's hard for a team to have two. It's really hard for a team to have two when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> the other part of it, you know, if if you were talking about a team that that's just trying to figure their way at quarterback, maybe you've got more of an opportunity. I, I still think Jones is an RB one. I think Dylan is a strong RB two candidate. And I, I was sort of you know kind of extrapolating out from what AJ Dylan did last year. If you believe, as Rodgers has suggested, that he can catch fifty passes this year, you sort of you know extrapolate what the yards per catch were and on and on and on. Uh, that would kind of that would ease him somewhere into the top 10, but I think I think that's kind of wish casting more than actual projection. So I, I do think it's a situation where Jones is an RB1. I think he finishes probably, you know, somewhere 8 to 12. Uh, and, and Dylan's a guy, as you mentioned, you know, around 15, 16, something like that. I think that seems uh, a little bit more believable. You mentioned believing Aaron Jones could be Green Bay's leading receiver. We're going to learn a lot about this receiving core this year with no Devontae Adams, right? Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that safety blanket anymore. Um, we've sort of been, you know, picking at Packers wide receivers. If there is one that you are targeting, who would it be? So my brain wants to say Alan Lazard, but I've done enough drafts and come away with no Alan Lazard <laughs> that I feel like it, it's almost... I think he's going to be the wide receiver one, but... I don't know. I could see him leading the way with like 800 yards and like seven, six, seven touchdowns. And so like I, I tend to just wait and, and go later. Like you see Romeo Dobbs here, uh, Christian Watkins, uh, Watson goes so late that like uh, I'll take a late round bench upside flyer on one of those guys. But like Alan Lazard is using a starting roster spot on and I, I easily could be wrong, but I don't know about you. I've never felt comfortable saying, like, this guy is the unquestioned wide receiver one here. I, I say that Alan Lazard is the wide receiver one kind of by default. He's the guy who's been there. He knows the system. He has at least some connection with Aaron Rodgers. And with Adams gone, somebody has to kind of step up and take that spot on the depth chart. So in that respect, I've drafted Lazard a couple of times, but he's, you know, at best my third wide receiver. And I'm kind of with you. I don't... 
I don't love it. I don't feel comfortable with it. Yeah, um, I've been trying to get shots at Romeo Dobbs, but every time the Packers tweet out a video of him, <laughs> it gets harder. Stop it, Packers. Did, did you hear last week's rumor? They're having lunch, a breakfast together, him and yeah. Aaron Rodgers. I think, yeah, they're they're hanging out, they're eating meals together now. So, like, if 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 we're going by the Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford narrative, then it's Romeo Dobbs to the moon. I, I love that there's actually fantasy analysts out there who are like, who's having breakfast with each other this year? Right? Like, we need to know. We need cafeteria <laughs> cams for all 32 teams to see like who's hanging out with one another. Which, by the way, though, I mean. Sammy Watkins is there, right? Randall yep. Cobb is there. These are veteran guys who've been in the league for a long time. Cobb has a long history with Aaron Rodgers. We're not talking about either of those guys right now. And that's why I I have this uneasy feeling about Alan Lazard because I could see Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins both potentially not being great fantasy pieces, mm -hmm. but being much more useful to the Packers in real life and being like a thorn in the side and just like no one in this in, in this passing offense is going to be one that you can trust weekly. I, I, I'm guessing that someone will develop as the year goes on, whether it be Lazard or any of these other options. But early on, I, with, with confidence, can't really talk up any of them. All right, so that gets us to what we normally do here. Who is the first uh, Packer you're drafting? Who is a sleeper? And who's a player you're avoiding? First Packer drafted, I still think, is Aaron Jones. I I'll take him in the second round. I, I took him in the second round of a draft I had this weekend uh, as my RB1, actually. I, I felt pretty good about that. Sleeper is, I don't know if this is much of a sleeper at this point, but I think Romeo Dobbs is the, the sleeper of, uh, Packers right, of the Packers right now because if anyone profiles to maybe be a breakout wide receiver out of this group, I think it's him. Uh, and player to avoid, like we're talking about how much we dislike the receivers. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers because mm. this is a guy who doesn't run anymore. He's been relying on like uber efficiency with, with the touchdown percentage being off the charts the last two years, the interception rate being so low. I think losing Devontae Adams greatly, greatly impacts that who was unquestionably their best red zone and end zone target. So I just have not come away with Aaron Rodgers at all this this draft season. Well, when we talked quarterbacks last week, you mentioned that uh, you got him ranked at 13. Yeah. So uh, that, that sort of stands to reason there. Uh, obviously, Aaron Jones, the first player drafted. You know, I've, I've been trying to target him early second round where I can. I love him as an RB1 this year. At that, if, I, if I'm going to go wide receiver in the first round and Aaron Jones is sitting there in the second round, I'm definitely okay with making that move there. Uh I mean, I guess we can go Dobbs as a sleeper, even though everybody's kind of talked him up on fantasy Twitter. I guess you can also say Aaron or uh, AJ Dillon, maybe kind of a sleeper. It's sort of hard to peg, right? Because yeah. we've, we've talked so much about the Packer offense, but AJ Dillon's a guy that everybody likes who really could have a breakout season this year. The player to avoid for me, look, if you want to take a shot at Alan Lazard because he, he profiles as the wide receiver one, cool. If you want to take a shot at Romeo Dobbs because he has that breakout potential, cool. Beyond that, I'm not I'm not taking a shot at any Packers wide receivers. I just don't – you know, Sammy Watkins is going to do his Sammy Watkins thing where he has like a huge week one and then he vanishes. Randall Cobb will be really good for the Packers in real football and not so great in fantasy football. Christian Watson, I mean, just is kind of an unknown because we didn't see much of him yeah. in the preseason. So I, I'm just it, – it's either Lazard or Dobbs I'm drafting and everybody else uh, I'm kind of out on this year. 
I the, the Packers receivers group is going to be one of the most interesting things to talk about all year long. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of watch that. Next up, it's the Minnesota Vikings. They were 8-9 and nine in 2021. Their passing leader, Kirk Cousins, 4,221 yards, 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He was the QB 11. Rushing leader, Dalvin Cook, uh, 1,159 yards, 6 rushing touchdowns, the RB 16. And your receiving leader, no surprise, Justin Jefferson, 108 catches, 1,616 yards, 10 receiving touchdowns, the wide receiver four. All right, let's talk about Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's got plenty of talent around him in this offense. Going off the board is QB 15. Is it possible he's being underdrafted? Yes, I, I think so, because you talk about how he's always a QB one. Since he became a starter in 2015, he's been a top 12 quarterback all but one year. His one year, he was the QB 15. So I think you can make an argument that we are drafting him at his floor. The only thing... I'm fine with him going there. That's actually where I have him ranked because I do think there's quarterbacks that he could finish ahead of but have, that have more upside. So uh, Cousins is never going to be the guy that wins you your league. So I, I don't pull him up the draft board, but he's definitely undervalued. Someone that I think you can get as a really strong quarterback too. Or if you wait on quarterback, you could pair him with one of the young upside quarterbacks like a Tua or a Lawrence or something like that. He could be the quarterback of the all oatmeal team, right? Because there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing exciting about him, right? He doesn't run for a ton of yards. He's not uber efficient. He's not like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady efficient. He doesn't make spectacular throws like Patrick Mahomes. There's He's just, he's fine, right? But he, he's consistent. He produces. He's just not exciting. And so I think that's the reason. We're always looking for upside. Kirk Cousins just kind of is. <laughs> I think that's kind of the best way to describe it. He just is. So I think 15 sort of makes sense. But you're right. We'll do all this. And at the end of the year, he'll be like QB 12. And we'll be like, yeah, he's, he's solid every single year. That's yep. sort of how it goes. Um, for a long time, Adam Thielen has been his wide receiver of choice that has sort of shifted now with the emergence of Justin Jefferson. But there have been a lot of glowing reviews of Adam Thielen throughout training camp in the preseason, saying he looks like the guy that we saw maybe a few years ago. Always seems to get double-digit touchdowns, no matter how much we talk about regression. When you look at Adam Thielen, what is your ceiling for him this year? So I, I think... I think maybe if everything broke right, he could be a wide receiver too, but I, I feel much more comfortable about having him as a wide receiver three, which is exactly where I have him ranked. And the thing is, I, like, you're kind of drafting him at his ceiling, I, I feel like. So I don't really have a lot of Adam Thielen because the yardage has gone down each of the last couple of years. He hasn't been a thousand yard guy. Touchdowns have been keeping him afloat, but Marcus, you talk about it all the time, how touchdowns are, are fickle beasts, fickle beast. and, and they're hard to trust. So I typically tend to go with a younger, higher upside receiver in that range of the draft. I've drafted Thielen a couple times, but it has been no more than a wide receiver three, just because because of that potential regression like at some point you got to feel like it's going to happen right so i would much rather draft him closer to his floor than his ceiling and so for that reason i've got him as wide receiver three i do think you know if things turn out right if look if kevin o'connell juices this offense the way people think he can then maybe that does get him in that wide receiver two range but i think that's the absolute ceiling that is as you mentioned if everything works right uh for adam thielen all right Vikings, first player drafted, uh, your Vikings sleeper, and your Vikings player to avoid. First player drafted, Dalvin Cook. He, he's a first-round pick. Uh, sleeper, I, I still think Irv Smith Jr. is a big sleeper. In the small sample size without Kyle Rudolph two years ago, he was putting up numbers that would have made him a top-five tight end last year. Um, 
But the issue was whenever Kyle Rudolph played, they split time. And then in a role that I think was built for Irv Smith last year, Tyler Conklin went out and saw almost 90 targets. And then you talk about this year, the the upgrade in the in the play system. I, I think this passing game could reach new heights. So give me Irv Smith Jr. I have him as a top 12 tight end. And the player to avoid, we just spoke about him. But for me, it's Adam Thielen because he's 32 years old, been touchdown reliant. It's nothing against him, but in that range, I'd rather take a Drake London, a Kadarius Tony, a Elijah Moore, one of those young wide receivers that I think, if things break right, have more than just being a wide receiver two upside. So I'm going to go, obviously, Dalvin Cook's the number one player off the board for the Vikings. I mean, this is a guy who's going you know, top five probably in a lot of leagues, so there's no doubt there. Uh, I do like Irv Smith as a sleeper. I'll also pivot to maybe K.J. Osborne as kind of a deep sleeper in that, in that offense. I mean, uh, you know me. I, I am a Van Jefferson stand, have been for years, and so maybe he sort of can take over that Van Jefferson role a little bit in Minnesota with Kevin O'Connell there, so I'll give him some, some deep sleeper love. Uh, player to avoid, yeah, I think I think Adam Thielen's probably the guy. I just, I haven't, like I said, I've drafted him a couple of times, um, but it's one of those, you pick him, and you're not excited about it, you don't feel great. I, I just realized one thing. I think we both uh, just completely glossed over Justin Jefferson because we said Dalvin Cook, first player drafted. Oh, yeah. I, I would actually amend my answer to Justin Jefferson. Okay, I, that's I fair. just realized, I was like, I... yeah. But two two first round picks from one team. That's, that's pretty amazing. That's, right? Yeah, that's uncommon. Hmm. Yes, where'd I go? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with Dalvin, but Justin Jefferson, we did we did kind of gloss over. <laughs> I don't know how we did that, He's right? Just we talked such about how an automatic was. first round pick at this point that we're like, right. yeah, it's yeah, just Dalvin a Cook, it's muscle memory. We'll pick him there. But yeah, Justin <laughs> Jefferson actually probably uh, is in the the conversation for first first Vikings <laughs> drafted. All right, let's talk about your top 10 running backs for the season. Take it away, Florio. Yeah, and number one, I have Jonathan Taylor, who I think is just the safest bet at the position. Even if he doesn't finish one, he'll be close around that. At two is Christian McCaffrey, who I think is the biggest reward play at the position. I think his upside is met by no one else. Uh, at three is Austin Eckler, who is very similar to Christian McCaffrey, I think, with just a slightly lower ceiling. Uh, four, I, I have Derrick Henry, who last year was the RB1 through the first eight games of the season. Number five, uh, Dalvin Cook, someone we just talked about a lot uh, as being a first-round pick. Six, Joe Mixon, who was really good last year, and the Bengals' offensive line got a lot better. Number seven, this might surprise some people, Saquon Barkley. I, I just think with the new coaching staff there, Saquon is in for a big bounce back year. Number eight, Najee Harris, who was awesome last year. I have some concerns about his pass game usage, but I think he'll still get a ton of volume. At number nine, Leonard Fournette, league winner Lenny, who I, I think is... Uh, in a prime position to get a bunch of targets from Tom Brady this year. And then at number 10, uh, the guy who could be the Packers' leading receiver, Aaron Jones. All right, so let's go through some of these guys. Uh, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey at number two. When we talk about CMC, the answer that we always get back a lot is, aren't you worried about his injury history? I know we sort of talked about this, but because of that, would you be more likely if you're drafting him? Is it important to go and get a handcuff for him later in the draft? Uh, somewhat like I would take the shot on Deontay Foreman, but I don't know if we have a definitive answer of who the guy will be if he goes down. The thing about the injuries with Christian McCaffrey is I'm not as worried about others and maybe that's a mistake on my part, but he had a high ankle sprain. He had a hamstring strain. He had a shoulder injury. Those are not connected. Those are common RB injuries. I think you can make the argument that he's just been unlucky the last couple of years. And if he stays healthy, his upside is literally matched by only 2006 LaDainian Tomlinson. He's been unlucky. And I think the Panthers have also been very cautious with him because 
they were a team that's been going nowhere the last couple of years, so it didn't make sense to rush him back. Uh, Joe Mixon at number six. And of all the first-round running backs, he's the guy that I don't know that we've discussed in any real depth. But, you know, you talk about Eckler sort of having a, a lower McCaffrey-type ceiling. I feel like Joe Mixon is sort of next in line in that. I mean, he's a guy who runs effectively. He, he can catch a lot of passes, too, in Cincinnati. He really is. I guess if if uh, Eckler is sort of the, the target version of uh, of Christian McCaffrey, I don't know, does that make Joe Mixon out of, like, the Walmart version? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so. And, and for a running back who finished last year fourth in total points and seven in points per game, you would think more people would be excited about him. But he's still going at times in the second round. And I know a lot of people say, oh, the offensive line got better. That's going to mean a lot for Joe Burrow in this passing game. It's also going to mean a lot for Joe Mixon because everyone they brought in is actually a better run blocker than pass blocker. Uh, I, and this is a guy who, when he's out there, he's going to be out there for like 70% of the snaps, maybe more. He's going to be used on third down, like you said. I really like getting Joe Mixon and getting him as like a late first, early second. Feels like a discount. It does feel like a discount. And like I said, I just feel like, you know, of all the running backs that go in the first round, we haven't talked about him a lot. Uh, Saquon Barkley at number seven. I like Saquon. I think it's. I think it's gonna. I think he's gonna bounce back this year. Um, you're even higher on him than I am, though. I mean, explain. I, I'm not mad at it. I just want you to explain yourself. So when when I was saying with Christian McCaffrey about bad injury luck, I don't think it gets worse luck than Saquon's had the last two years. A torn ACL. That's a common football injury. And then last year, literally jogging off the field, he stepped on a Cowboys player's foot rolled his ankle, missed it like five, six weeks because of that. Like, if that's not bad injury luck, I don't know what is. And then I know a lot of people like to say, well, Brian Dable abandoned the run in Buffalo. It's like, well, he did that when he had Josh Allen the last two years. Every year he's been an offense coordinator before that. He's been top 10 in rush attempts and usually in yards. So I, I think we're going to get a lot of rushing out of Saquon. I also think we could get easily 100 targets for Saquon this year just because there's I, I like the talent in the Giants uh, receiving room, but there is a lot of question marks with that group as well. I mean, remember his rookie year? He caught what like 90 passes. Yeah, he, he, he caught a lot of passes his rookie year. Uh, the reports from him out of camp have been amazing. So uh, I'm I'm coining it now. We're calling it this is gonna be the hashtag Saquonissance. Like he's gonna, oh, I like that. It's it's come. He's coming back this year. So everybody get on board. You, you gotta uh, tweet you know, that out before someone. I'm totally steals tweeting it. that out. I'm, I'm tweeting that out this year. <laughs> uh, tweeting that out right as right as we're done with this show. The Saquonissance. It's coming back. Uh. Sleeper running back. I saw this name. I love it. I haven't been able to draft him because so many people feel the same way you do. But who's your sleeper running back? Chase Edmonds. And the fact that you can get Chase Edmonds in like the seventh, eighth round in some drafts, just it feels way too late. Of all the Dolphins running backs, this guy makes like as much money as the rest of them combined. So when you put in an investment like that, I think he's clearly going to be out there a lot. But what I like is... With Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, you're going to have to worry more downfield than ever before guarding Tua in this Dolphins defense. That should open up a bunch of just short underneath dump-offs to Chase Edmonds where he should just have plenty of green in front of him to run. We want running backs with pass-catching upside. He is the guy. He appears to be the front-line guy. Uh, I feel like we were worried about how this running back room was going to shake out. I feel like it's sort of sorted itself out. So Edmonds, I think, is the guy to target. Uh, I have taken some shots at Raheem Mostert late in drafts. I think he's sort of the next man up. But uh, I do feel like Edmonds is not getting enough love. Maybe that'll change in the next week or so. Uh, so then we got a, a guy that you maybe are out on this year. Uh, who's a running back you're avoiding? 
it's it's no hot take or anything like that, but Miles Sanders is one that I have been avoiding because the Eagles don't like running Miles Sanders, so I don't want Miles Sanders on my fantasy team. He was the only running back in the Super Bowl era last He did it last season, but only one ever to rush for 750 or more yards and not have a touchdown. Like, it, it, we joke about Devin Singletary not finding the end zone. This guy can't. Then there's my, uh, Kenny Gainwell there who could steal targets away. There's just a lot to dislike when it comes to Miles Sanders. I mean, plus, didn't he tell us to not draft him anyway? I think yeah. Was, uh, you know, don't draft me in fantasy. If he doesn't so. want him on his own fantasy team. I mean, the, I keep <laughs> saying, like, we, we've liked Miles Sanders, but the Eagles keep showing us that they don't like Miles Sanders as much as we do. So he seems like a, a pretty easy fade. I don't think I've drafted him anywhere. Uh, this offseason. So there you go. Those are Florio's uh, running back rankings. To see more of his rankings, you can go check him out uh, at NFL.com slash fantasy. Quick break. We'll come back. We're getting back into our preview of the NFC North. Still got two more teams to go. Stay tuned for that on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. 
check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge 
indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. You can take your fantasy game to the next level this season with Fantasy Plus. A subscription gives you amazing features like auto-swapping your inactives on game day and the auto-optimize your lineup feature. Crush the competition with next-level roster and waiver tools. It's just $9.99 a year after a seven-day free trial. Back talking about the NFC North, we move on to the Chicago Bears. They were 6-11 in 2021. Justin Fields, their passing leader. Uh, 1,870 yards, 7 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He was the QB 31. Your rushing leader, David Montgomery, 849 yards, 7 rushing touchdowns. Did miss some time with injury, but he was the RB 19. And your receiving leader, Darnell Mooney, uh, 81 catches, just over 1,000 yards, four receiving touchdowns. He was the wide receiver, 23. But uh, a lot of excitement about Justin Fields, especially after the last preseason game. He looked great. He threw three touchdowns. Everybody's super excited about him and what he can do in this new offense. I went back and looked. I know he was, uh, he was rough at times last season, but his last four starts, he, uh, he had at least 16 or more points. Uh, he finished those last four starts as a top 12 quarterback. Is there a world where he can end up as a fringe QB1 this year? I definitely think so, uh, uh, mainly because of what he can do with his legs. And I, I know he came against your 49ers, but that run he had last season where he like changed directions and just basically sprinted past everyone, there's very few quarterbacks in the world who can do that. So we know that uh, cheat code is being able to run like a running back at the quarterback position. So I definitely think because of what he can do with his legs, there is a world where he could become a QB1. It's been interesting to watch him in the limited time I've gotten to see him in the preseason. A thing that they're doing, and you're seeing it a lot on these highlights, is they're getting him out of the pocket. They're letting him move a little bit. And that was a thing that Matt Nagy didn't do with him very much last year. When he did it, he seemed to be successful. When they just made him a stationary pocket passer is when things kind of got a little bit weird. But so far this preseason, they're moving him around. They had a lot of design rollouts. He's finding guys down the field. Uh, and, and it looks like he's the guy that they drafted. It would be nice if they had put a little more receiving help around him, uh, but they at least seem to be playing to his strengths more this year, which is a good thing. I love David Montgomery. I'm unabashed about that. I've seen some people saying that he's going to land in the dead zone, that maybe we should avoid him. Uh, so, and the reason being because there are other guys behind him, namely Khalil Herbert. For you, how real is the Khalil Herbert threat to David Montgomery? I don't think it's that real. Like, I, I, I'm not saying he won't have a role, but the Bears, at least this preseason, and, and I know it's a different coaching staff, but in, in past years as well, have seemed like they like to utilize one lead runner. And in the preseason, like, Montgomery didn't play, but, like, Herbert wasn't leaving the field, or whoever was starting with the, like, wasn't really leaving the field too much. David Montgomery's really falling, though. Like, I got him in the middle of the sixth round of a draft this weekend, and I'm like, at that point, I, I think he's well. And, and then we got Khalil Herbert as his handcuff in, like, the 12th round. So my thing is just, like, at that price, take both Bears running backs. Yeah, if he's still in the sixth round, I, I would snatch that all day. I don't – I don't. Uh, that's mind-blowing to me. But <laughs> I also – I am also a David Montgomery stan, so maybe that's just me. Um, first player drafted, sleeper 
player to avoid in Chicago. I still think the first player drafted should be David Montgomery, even though in, like, in that draft it was Darnell Mooney uh, sleeper. We already spoke about Justin Fields. I, I don't know if Cole Komet qualifies, but I really like Cole Komet. Uh, I, I think he, just volume alone, is going to see enough to be a tight end one, potentially with even more upside than that, because I do think he is a talented player. Player to avoid, this is one of those offenses, Marcus, where like a, after Montgomery, Mooney, Komet, and Fields, all of them can all be avoided. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm I'm still making David Montgomery the first bear off the board. I like Cole Komet as a sleeper this year. I think he's the number two target in this offense. I'll also go Justin Fields because I do think you know if if this offense can can really build around him and play to his strengths, I think I think he's going to be a surprise player this year. Uh, and I'm with you. Like it's there are those four guys that you mentioned that we want to target in the offense. After that, I mean, unless you are somehow like a Valus Jones Jr. stand, which. <laughs> I Deep sleeper there, though, just because he's really fast. and He is really fast, but fantasy Twitter is also like, you know, sign him up for AARP already, right? So, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I they, think when it comes They have incentive to play him. They, they do. They, they do. I just think that when it comes to targets, it's, it's Mooney, it's Komet, yeah. and everybody else is sort of fighting for scraps in that offense. Uh, we will wrap up our NFC North uh, preview with the Detroit Lions. They were 313-1 last year. Jared Goff, 3,245 yards, 19 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. That was good for QB 24. DeAndre Swift, 817 rushing yards, 5 rushing touchdowns, the RB 15. Amon Ross St. Brown, who was everybody's favorite Twitter punching bag this offseason. Uh, 90 catches, 912 yards, five receiving touchdowns, wide receiver 21. A lot of that came with that hot stretch uh, in the back part of the season. So it gets me to the question. Yeah, everybody's discussing Amon Ra. TJ Hawkinson is back. DeAndre Swift is back. They get DJ Chart. At some point, Jamison Williams will probably arrive in the midseason. Jared Goff is still the quarterback. Are there enough targets for everybody to eat in Detroit this year? I don't think so. That's why I, I think you have to pick and choose which Lions you, you feel comfortable with. Like, I, I like Amon Ross St. Brown a lot. I have him as a top 24 wide receiver. I have no problem drafting him. But because I like Amon Ross St. Brown, that means I'm out on a lot of the other Lions pass catchers just because I, I think they're going to struggle to have multiple like I, I think DeAndre Swift will see a good amount of work in the passing game Amon Ross St. Brown after that I, I think it's hard to feel great about any of them uh it's a correction I say I think I said 817 for DeAndre Swift rushing it's 617 uh rushing for DeAndre Swift yeah I just I just don't know that all these guys eat I think I think St. Brown really did a lot to solidify himself uh as a security blanket for Jared Goff I mean that that was the talk when he was drafted is that he could sort of be in Detroit a little bit of what Cooper Cup had been for the Rams for Goff for all those years and that sort of played out um I don't know that they have a lot of threats on the outside beyond that I mean Hawkinson will get his targets I think you get some some cheap dump offs to DeAndre Swift beyond that I think it's going to be hard for anybody else to be really productive uh in this passing game which gets me to DeAndre Swift a guy who's sort of been kind of a, a fringy, more of a high-end RB2 with maybe some RB1 upside. Uh, he's, he's kind of been banged up the first couple years of his career. You know, that rookie year, he, he had concussion issues, uh, which kept him off the field. Last year was banged up a little bit as well. He catches the football well, hasn't put up huge rushing numbers. Early on in draft season, I mean, he was projected as a late first-round guy, that feels risky to me. I mean, how much risk is there in taking DeAndre Swift in the first round? 
too much for me i think and part of it is because of my approach like i i love taking a wide receiver in round one so my ideal first round would have five wide receivers in it that means seven running backs he's not a top seven running back to me i think he has that upside fantasy twitter definitely thinks he has that upside but i i like him much more in the second round i'm comfortable with him being my rb1 but I wouldn't want to pass on one of the elite wide receivers it, it, to get him, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I know we don't really try to get hung up on injuries and that sort of thing. He's played 13 games uh, in each of his first two seasons, and it just feels like he's, he's really good for what the Lions are trying to accomplish. They're going to give him a lot of touches. But when you look at a lot of the other running backs going around him, I mean, we talked about Aaron Jones slipping to the second round. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with the Saquon Assants, uh and, and where he's landing. It just feels like there's so many other guys with upside there that if I'm if if I'm picking in that spot and he's on the board, I have tended to find other guys that I feel more comfortable with that I just feel like have safer floors than DeAndre Swift. For me, I feel much more comfortable putting him with like Jones, like you said, Fournette, Kamara, and, and all of those running backs go in the second round. So like. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable pulling him up into the first. Definitely not in the, in the first round, no doubt. Uh, all right, so here we go. Lions, uh, first player drafted, uh, sleeper, and the player to avoid. First player drafted is still DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. Swift right? <laughs> in, in the second round, sleeper is hard because, like, I like Swift. I like Amon Ross St. Brown, and after that, it gets kind of dicey. I, I guess I'll say Jamison Williams. I think he could be, like, a middle to late part of the season sleeper because I think he – is arguably you can make a case for being the best talent uh, in this draft class he was just injured player to avoid i'm avoiding tj hawkinson very strongly this year because the issue the thing we all liked about hawkinson last year was volume we were like who else is going to catch the ball here and then i think like the fact that we hyped him up as like a top five tight end last year has made people think that hawkinson is better than he is I don't love, like, I'd much rather have, like, a Zach Ertz, but he goes before Zach Ertz in drafts. So, for me, Hawkinson is an easy fade. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift, obviously the number one guy off the board, without a doubt. Uh, my sleeper, I'm sort of with you on Jamison Williams. I, you know, he's a guy that I've drafted a lot of spots late. I mean, you can get him, obviously, very late because of, of the injury situation and knowing that, you know, you may not have him until November, potentially, at this point. But I like what he can bring. Uh, player to avoid for me is kind of DJ Chark, just because of what we talked about. Like, are there enough targets to go around? You know, if they're using him more as the downfield guy, is Jared Goff going to push the ball downfield? Like, how many targets can he get? What kind of quality targets is he going to get? And all of that sort of makes me nervous. So I've, I've been staying away from DJ Chark so far this offseason. All right. Wrapping things up, uh, it's about time to do a mock draft. We haven't done one here on this show. So we're going to blow through a first round 12-team mock draft between the two of us. Well, you each pick for one team. Makes sense. Uh, so I will cede the number one pick to you, sir. I said earlier, Jonathan Taylor is my number one ranked running back. He's my number one ranked player. I just think he is as safe as they come, so I'll take him first. Over. All right. Well, I will follow that one up with Christian McCaffrey at number two. You talked about the upside. Uh, you know, you, you just understand that hopefully it was just bad injury luck. If he stays healthy... There aren't too many guys who can match the, the snaps and touches that he gets, so I'll take him too. I'll take Justin Jefferson third overall. I keep saying I like getting that elite receiver early on. Jefferson, uh, I, I know some people might be surprised him over Cup, but he's younger in, a, in the same offense that Cup was in last year now. I, I think a big breakout year is coming for him. 
love Justin Jefferson at number three, and so uh, I will gladly take Cooper Cup <laughs> falling to me at number four. I mean, the guy who was the receiving Triple Crown winner last year, and yeah, maybe it's not as special as last year was. Still think it's going to be pretty good, though, this year for him. I, I think fifth pick is the hardest because that seems to be the consensus top four. Uh, I had fifth pick this weekend, and I went Jamar Chase, but for this mock, I'll go Austin Eckler just because I think he's very similar production-wise to Christian McCaffrey, maybe with even a little bit less risk. So you follow that with uh, Eckler. I'm going to follow that with Derrick Henry, who, as you mentioned, before he got hurt, was the number one running back in all of fantasy. Last year was the first year he actually missed any real time with an injury, so I got to believe that that was hopefully sort of a one-off. Plus, last year they were throwing him the ball more than they ever had in his career. So if they keep getting him those targets, uh, the upside is huge for Henry at number six. And number seven, going back to the receiver well, uh, I'll go with Jamar Chase, who literally had more 200-yard games than the rest of the NFL combined last year. Uh, I know we joke. Justin Jefferson could get 2,000 yards this year. Jamar Chase, I would say, is his biggest competition in that in that race. So uh, give me Jamar Chase. Instead. I asked Justin Jefferson uh, who would get to 2,000 first. He said, me for sure. He said, I'm going to go text Jamar right now and let him know. <laughs> I'm going to beat him to 2,000 yards. Uh, at number eight, I went with Dalvin Cook. We sat and talked about who's the first Viking off the board. Right now it's Justin Jefferson. But Dalvin Cook at number eight, uh, a guy who has about as safe a floor as they can come. So I'm very happy getting him in the top ten. There. Sticking with the receivers in the first round at number nine, give me Stephon Diggs, who last year saw more air yards in the year before saw more end zone targets than anyone had seen in years his just catch rate dipped i expect that to increase this year i think a potential career year could be on tap for stefan diggs that'd be fun to watch got his first double digit touchdown uh, season last year number 10 i'm gonna go with uh, walmart cmc joe mixon uh, plenty of opportunity there and we want parts of a good Bengal offense i mean we talked about the vikings having two first round picks now we got the Bengals with two first round picks and jamar chase and joe mixon here and at number 11 what, what are you calling it the sequanasance there we go it's gonna roll on there uh, i i like like Saquon Barkley as a first-round pick, I have to be a man of my word, so I put him there at 11 for all the reasons we talked about earlier. All right, and then to round it out at number 12, I went with Devontae Adams. Yes, he's in a new spot, but he's still going to get plenty of targets. He's playing with his old college teammate. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, those guys did big things together at Fresno State. I think they're going to do big things together in Las Vegas as well, so very happy rounding things out with Devontae Adams. So uh, there it is. That is our first-round mock draft. Uh, I'm sure plenty of you still have drafts to come, so hopefully this helps out a little bit. But uh, enjoy that. We'll be back, of course, with you later on in the week. But that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. Take care of yourselves and the people around you. We will talk to you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.